You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. Uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the Charlie Harari Show. Great to be with you again. Another week has gone by. So much going on in the world. Wow, <laughs> what a week! I mean, this week will go down in history, at least in American history, as being the week that had within it the worst terrorist attack on American soil since 9-11. I mean, we have seen now a uh, another mass shooting, if you thought San Bernardino was bad, um, Orlando. This week, um, an American-born man um, who pledged allegiance to ISIS gunned down 49 people uh, early Sunday morning at a nightclub in Orlando, the deadliest shooting in the United States since 9-11. The man was named, his name was Omar Mateen, 29. He was from Fort Pierce, Florida. Um, And since that event, there has been so much happening since. And what I want to do today on the show is take a little bit of a different angle from what happened that night and what that means for each and every one of us. As you can imagine, we're not going to cover the actual shooting. If you haven't heard about the shooting now, you must be living under a cave or not have access to anything beyond a tape recorder because this is all everyone's talking about. But there's something that sort of came out through this this entire period of time that really can teach us an incredible lesson about why many of us fail in life. And that's one of the things we're going to do today on the show. And for those that are joining us for the Charlie Harris Show for the first time, welcome. We appreciate you being here. And for those that have been with us before, you know what we're about to do. This is what we do. We look at the news and we figure out what can we learn from what has been going on so that we can become better ourselves and our families and our lives and our businesses and in our work. This is not about dissecting the news for the news itself. This is about dissecting the news to draw a lesson that each of us can take with us today and be better. And that's what I want to do today on the show. And there is a real important lesson that has stemmed from the reaction to this deadly, deadly shooting. So what is that? So let's jump in right away. And I want to start with you. I want to start by telling you a story that happened to me years ago. I was a young law student at that time, and I was graduating my last year of law school. And the way it worked is that when you graduated, you got, I guess, a couple of minutes to sit with like your advisor before you left. So you sat down, and you know you you know went through and you spoke about your goals and your career and what you wanted and what you got out of law school and what you want to begin and what you want to um, what you want to accomplish in your lives. And 
then you can ask any little bit of advice, right? So I sat with this guy who, um, you know, was a really, really brilliant professor, one of my one of my best professors. And he sits to me and goes, okay, so what do you want to do in life? And I was pretty clear. I'm like, I want to be really successful. Like, I, I did not go into the law because I wanted to go out and just, you know, be a, a public servant. I, I think that's a very valuable trait. I actually, to be honest, wanted to be, you know, financially successful. I wanted to work for a law firm. I wanted to be a partner. So he said to me, what do you want to do? So I gave him this sort of like... I want to be a successful lawyer. And he goes, what does that mean? I go, I don't know, some lawyer who happens to achieve success. Like, I guess that is the definition of a successful lawyer. And he looked at me and he said something so incredibly smart. This guy was so smart. So he would say things like that. You know, people in your life, by the way, that say things and like everything they say sounds like it comes out of a book. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, like grandfather or like someone that you know that like they just speak in maxims and like every other line could be just a quote that you see online. So... This is one of those guys. He looked at me and he said, your greatest challenge is not going to be how hard you work. I've seen you in school. I know that you're a hard worker. I know that you're an ambitious guy. Great. He says, your greatest challenge is going to be your ability to get clarity. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're out there and you're shooting. And you're going to go out into the world and it's as if, this is a, a bad pun, but as if you're going to just be shooting into the into the air, and you may hit a target, you may not hit a target. He said, "Great, great people don't just shoot randomly. They are snipers. They find targets and they focus on those targets and they move into targets. Your ability to move from this general sense of success to something much more concrete, specific, clarity." The clearer you get with your goal, the higher the likelihood that you will actually achieve what you want. And when he told me that, I didn't fully get it. And then I started living my life and it hit me like a ton of bricks. If you want to be successful in life, our greatest challenge is not that you're not going to put in the effort. That's a challenge. And there are many of us that just don't have the the stamina, right? You get out to work, you do your best, then you get home and you sort of blow out in front of the couch. That's not it. The greatest challenge to success for those that are ready to work is clarity. What do you want? What don't you want? What are the, th- what are the things you're going after? What does success mean to you? What does great mean to you? What is fear? When you can take sort of these general concepts and hone them in to pick out what it is that you want specifically, the clearer you get in life, the higher the chance that you're going to achieve success. Now, what is the greatest block to finding clarity? So here's how it works. Now watch how this works because I think you're really going to appreciate this. Where does clarity come from? Right, Clarity comes from being able to look at something and understand what it is, right? That's what we're doing in life. When a kid, if if your child comes to you and says, hey, dad, I'm not feeling well, right? That's a general sense. You can help them when you can hone in on what's wrong. Is it your stomach? Is it your tooth? Is it your foot? Right? You go to a doctor and the doctor's like, okay, I got it. Now, where the more you can hone in on the problem, the higher the chance you have to fix the problem. So when we talk about clarity in life, if you're not willing to focus in on the problem, to focus in on the thing that you want to a T, 
you can't fix it. But the problem that we have is that many times we can't see the problem. What am I talking about? Well, let's jump into the shooting this week and really show you just what it means to blow an opportunity, what it means to miss clarity, to take take a moment that should be used to get closer to a problem and then only use it to make the problem harder and and, and more difficult to accomplish. So Omar Mateen shows up Saturday night, early Sunday morning to a gay nightclub in Orlando, shoots dozens and dozens of people, kills almost 50 people. That is, on all measures, absolutely horrific, like horrible, terrible, terrible. For us to have in our country a guy with the ability to walk into a club and shoot the club down is an absolute horrific disaster. Gets on the phone and he starts to pledge his allegiance to ISIS. He says this is going to be the punishment for drone strikes that take place on our women and children. There's more to come. Makes comments against the LGBT community. Just, just constantly, constantly focused on his Islamic, his radical Islamic faith and what that's going to do to bringing more havoc and pain and torture on the West. Next day, Barack Obama shows up, the president of what is our country, for just a few more months, thankfully, and gets up and does exactly what everybody expected him to do. He speaks about the attack, he speaks about it, and deliberately avoids any mention of the radical Islam of the attack against the West, of even the concept of real terrorism, and he ambiguously addresses a very clear problem in a way that only makes us feel like we don't know what the heck is going on, and it's we're further away from trying to figure it out. Right? This is what this is. Around the country, there is, a, there is radical Islams. There are plenty of Muslims that are not radical, that are moderate, that are peace-loving, that are regular, normal, law-abiding citizens that live in lots and lots and lots of countries and would never think about pulling out a gun on people. But there are other Muslims that are radicalized, that are trained in warfare, that are out there looking for ways to kill themselves and buy into this ideology that the killing of themselves will somehow be makes Allah happy. That's just the reality. That's not like a, that's not that's not an opinion. That is a fact that's happening every single day. Women, men, and children are dying every single day because a bunch of guys, lots of guys and women believe that their job in life is to bring a new order into the world. They're supposed to engage in a holy fight called jihad, and they're going to make Allah happy when they take the fight to the West. For years, we've been protected from this because it's been going on in the Middle East. Israel hasn't been protected. They've been dealing with this since their inception. 
the, even the Arab countries haven't been protected from this. And now, over the past year, this has been taken to the West, in Paris and in Brussels and throughout all over Europe. Now they're starting to see what is going on when the fight comes to the shores. And now we're seeing it come to us. This is America, 2016, and we are seeing attacks here. 49 people killed on a, because somebody screamed out that they were going to defend the Islamic State. 53 people injured because of it. And now the president has the ability to stand up and say, there is a religion that is not supposed to act this way. There is a segment of the religion that does. This is the problem. They're in our country. We're going to find them. We're going to protect them from the more peaceful part of their religion, hone in on them, and take them out. That would have been what you would have expected a leader to do. You know, I was watching this documentary on Winston Churchill about what life was like when he was fighting the war against the Germans, when the French balked and the whole of Europe started crying like little sissies. And Winston Churchill stood up and said, we're not going down to these guys. And he delivered these impassioned speeches on the radio throughout England saying that we're not going to go down. We're not going to allow evil to triumph. We're going to continue to fight on. And I, I, I can only imagine what it must have been like to be in England during the period of time where Europe was, being, was folding like cards to an evil empire. And one man stands up in England and basically says, we're going to fight against evil. Yeah, England lost a lot of life. And families were disrupted and men went to war and didn't come down and women were, were part of the war and th yeah there was a lot of destruction but what do you think you got from it you fought evil that's what you did that's incredible that's what it's like that's what it's like to be part of an individual to be part of, a, of, of an administration that makes it clear we're fighting evil that's just the way it is we're fighting evil but we don't got that here it's, it's so scary and unfortunate that we don't have that here, but we don't. We just don't. We, we have a president that just can't do it. He's just, his policies are so left. He's so progressive. He's so conflicted. His bias is so strong that he will get up until the end. He will bend over backwards. He will hand Iran a bomb. He will grovel on his knees to Muslim. He will go around the Middle East and hold out olive branches while they take him and they spit in, the, in his face and he will say, thank you, ma'am, may I have another? Completely incapable of standing up, identifying a threat and calling it the way it is. And, and, and it's not like there aren't others that don't agree with him. Right, the New York Times came out and said that um, the actual cause for this attack still remains unclear. But you know who's the real person to blame here? The Republicans for you know jumping on this attack to incite bigots. This political correctness, this inability to see it for what it is. Why is this coming from? And the, and the answer, honestly, and if you want to really take a look, go look at Europe. If you want to see where these policies come from, go take a look at Europe and you will see this culture of this. It's like this ideology of the reason why people are where they are is because we don't hug each other enough. 
And if we could just give them more money and more love and kisses, then all the radicals will just sort of like disappear. It's like this gorgeous, adorable, delicious, you know, hug and kiss, take off our shoes, let's hold hands and sing some, some old song mentality that is the reason why you'll see Europe over the course of the next decade continue to crumble into itself as they open their hands to everyone in the world to find out that, wait a second, not everybody thinks like me. There is a concept of other people being radicalized in their ideology and all the hugs and kisses, all the dodging of of, of clear talk isn't helping. You have to integrate people. You have to be fair to people. But you can't be dumb along the way. And the idea that America right now, and I'm so thankful that it's almost done, is being led by somebody who is largely incapable of anything but is scary. And we'll we'll pay the price for it. You know, ISIS was created, you know, by the actions of our mostly, you know, in part, it wasn't a direct, but they were beneficiaries of our government's don't do stupid stuff foreign policy which is just a great way to have a foreign policy. We've done we've completely lost all credibility in Syria, that's for sure. Iran completely embarrasses us 24/7, calls us Satan while we we allow them to be a part of the regular society and let them build a big bomb. Israel, our only allied friend that we have in the Middle East, consistently gets rejected from Obama this week, rejected a package to Israel because this is just how he operates. He's not Muslim. He's just uber progressive. This is how they think. They could be very nice people. They could have a lot of great ideas, but they are absolutely clueless when it comes to war and enemies. They see people not for who they are. You know, Obama's, so to speak, I would say spiritual grandfather, Neville Chamberlain. Remember what he said with, you know, uh, he made peace with Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was probably cracking up by the weakness of this guy. And we have him now. This is like the next iteration of it. They, consistently telling us that we're not you know, open enough, lecturing, demilitarizing ourselves, having our own troops tying their hands behind their back, making our troops and our our people feel embarrassed for protecting our liberties around the country, around the world. So this is the inability for a president to speak clearly about a problem. And it's only going to make the problem worse. So this is the moment where you need leadership. This is the moment where you need somebody to stand up and, and say what should be said. And so the Republican nominee for president, Donald Trump, has his moment. I mean, you can't have, he couldn't have asked for a more opportune thing to happen to his campaign. There is a terrorist attack that happens on our shores. He is running for president. Our president drops the ball. Remember the Buffalo Bills, New York Giants? Remember that Super Bowl? Scott Norwood, wide left. Barack Obama misses the field goal. And now Donald Trump has the ball, and there's nobody in front of him. And he just goes out and just in systematic, standard Donald Trump style, blows it. He blows it. He blows it. He goes overboard. He could have just said, hey, let me show you the policies 
and how this is leading to Barack Obama making us weaker, but he doesn't. He goes out and he goes off the rail. He starts saying that he's a Muslim and he's he makes he's, he's insinuating that he's in with these guys. And just when we had an opportunity to show the world just the effect and the impact of Obama's way of thinking, Donald Trump goes off the rails and now Donald Trump because it becomes a sense of ridicule. And now everyone, every leftist turns and goes, look what's going on on the right. Look what the Republicans have. They have a blowhard bigot that just speaks his mind, has no idea what he's talking about, and he just accused our president of being a Muslim sympathizer or a radical Muslim sympathizer. And maybe he is, and maybe he's not. He, there's no way that our president is a terrorist sympathizer. He's just pro- incredibly progressive and when you're very progressive you you come up against these issues and this is how you come out clarity clarity had donald trump just spent a minute taking a deep breath met with reasonable people he could have put forth an inc- really clear analysis of just what these progressive policies have on foreign policy and as a result could have galvanized the people to say he is right. We need someone with a clearer message, a stronger hand, a tougher heart to take us into the future. But instead, he goes with these unsubstantiated remarks that just make him look like a fool. And Donald Trump does what Barack Obama does, just these no clarity. There's no clarity, there's no vision, there's name-calling, there's just this usual wasted back-and-forth politics nonsense as opposed to, here, guys, is the problem. Let me state it for you clearly, and now we can get over it. That was this week. And I sat back to really think about it. And it hit me that, you know what? We all do that. We all have this moment where we see a problem. Have you, have you ever had that moment where you wake up and you're just like, oh, I really messed up. Where you say something to somebody and they walk away from you and you go, mm, that was dumb. Where you get to work and you see a friend of yours being promoted or you see a friend starting a company that he wants to do or whatever it is that's going on in our lives. Have you ever had that moment where you've gotten that sense of, clarity because you see a problem you know sometimes you feel inspired and it's positive sometimes you look at something and it's negative but you have that moment you know what i'm talking about where you just like get hit in the nose and you hit the floor and you pick yourself up and for that one moment you realize that you are going down the wrong path it's clear to you and it's at that moment that you make a decision do you identify your problems clearly or do you identify them ambiguously do you recognize your problems so that you can fix them or do you sort of generalize it and paint a picture that is completely unhelpful to you do you realize that it is you and your eating that's taking you to the doctor or do you blame how you were born or what your 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 fate in life is do you realize that it is you that's taking you away from an incredible marriage or do you blame your wife do you realize that it is you that's stopping you from becoming that business person that you can be or do you blame the economy or your boss 
every moment where we have a chance to stare down at something in our lives and clarify it so that we can use our brains to get to the answer, when we just sort of wash over it because of our own bias, we miss more than that chance to be able to fix what's happening in front of us. We miss the ability to become the people and the, that we are meant to be. Our society right now is less safe than it could have been had one of those two leaders, the current president and the Republican nominee, Hillary Clinton, watched, I think, I think Hillary Clinton, if you can just play, give her one compliment, she watched these two drop off and said, hey guys, why don't you play dumb politics and I'm going to sit back and just and make a comment and just get all the, get all the, uh, the positive of both you guys dropping what could have been an opportunity to galvanize a nation around a clear, real threat so we can be better. Can you imagine if Barack Obama would have woken up and said, okay, guys, here's the problem. It's radical Islam. Let me explain to you what it means, radical Islam versus moderate Islam. Let me explain to you just how much is going on around us. Let me explain to you exactly what our issues are and our problem. Let me explain to you. Instead, he's blaming, he's using it as an opportunity to push his agenda using it as an opportunity to fight against the, across the aisle. It's the same nonsense. Donald Trump thinks that Barack Obama comes from Kenya. I'm like, just drop it enough. This is America. This is my life. This is your life. This is our future. This is our freedom. Where are our leaders when things get tough? Where are the Winston Churchills of the world? Where are the people that can stare down a threat and call evil for what evil is and say, that's evil, not more, not less, that is evil. And here's how we're going to deal with it. Can you imagine if we would have heard one of those two people say that? Let me explain to you what this is. Let me explain to you how to deal with this and let's move forward. Can you imagine if Donald Trump would have been able to identify out, this is why the president can't identify it, and here's why we are not just a complete and utter slam on the president, but we have to wait for that. We have to fight for that, and that is what that is. But I think for us, we have to realize that we have to be clearer ourselves. You know, this is called in psychology the confirmation bias. When you have an idea, when you have a theory, what happens is you look to confirm it. You look for evidence to confirm it. You look for evidence to make it right in your eyes. So you'll go around and you will find things to support how you thought. So if you and your brain think that the world owes you something, every time you're suffering or you're struggling, you're going to look around to your life and look for the proof of that. So you have a, 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 a bias. And great people recognize that they have this bias. It's normal. And they spend their life trying to work around it, asking other people their opinions, checking their thoughts going above and outside their comfort zones. That's why great people are open-minded. Every single one of us has an opportunity this week to look out into our world and ask ourselves, what's next? To see our problems, to deal with issues. And we have a choice. Either we can become 
ambiguous. Either we can give that lack of leadership that we're getting right now, or we can be clear. We can call it the way it is, even if it's against the way you've been thinking for years. Imagine if, imagine if the president wanted to get up and said, listen, for years I thought this, but you know what? I'm realizing it's not. Can you imagine if that, that's how he would act? He wouldn't get the respect from both sides of the aisle? Of course he would. Well, can you imagine if that's how we acted ourselves? For years I thought this, but I'm wrong. For years I thought the, I thought this, but it's really this. For years I thought that it was you that was the problem, but you know what? Maybe it's me that's the problem. Or, for years I thought it was me that's the problem, but maybe it's him that's the problem. And the more you can go against your bias, the more you can get clarity. And the more you can get clarity, the more you can get success. Because that's what we all should be after in some form or another. It doesn't have to be money. It just can be anything. This is Charlie Harari thanking you for your time, for jumping in and joining me on this podcast. Always looking forward to your comments. You can email me at charlie at charlieharari.com. Hope you like the show. Can't wait to speak to you next week. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network.